Hello! Welcome back to another episode. I hope you all are doing well and that you've had a decent week. I've been doing well. Um, so today's episode is on something that I don't have experience on, but I'm going to share some facts, some stories, and some tips from those who have experienced this. Um, so today's episode is on eating disorders. Again, I don't have experience on this subject, so please, 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 um, DM me on Not Another Numbers Instagram, which is just at Not Another Number Official if I get something wrong and I'll make sure to take care of it. Um, Also, trigger warning, I will be talking about experiences regarding eating disorders that may be triggering, so if you feel uncomfortable at any point, feel free to, like, check out any of my other podcast episodes, and thank you for being here anyway. Um, Alright, so first of all, I want to define what eating disorders are and share some examples. So, eating disorders are illnesses in which the people experience severe disturbances in their eating behaviors and related thoughts and emotions. Um, People with eating disorders typically become preoccupied with food and their body weight. There are six types of eating disorders. Obviously, these are not all of them, but these are the most common people learn about, but they are anorexia nervosa, which can be categorized into two different groups the restricting type and the binge eating and purging type. Most individuals with anorexia nervosa may limit their food intake or compensate for it through various purging behaviors. They may also have an intense fear of gaining weight even when they're severely underweight. Um, Another type is bulimia nervosa. Most individuals with bulimia nervosa eat large amounts of food in short periods of time than purge. They fear gaining weight despite being at a normal weight. Um, But next, binge eating disorder. Most people with binge eating disorder don't restrict calories or use purging behaviors such as vomiting or excessive exercise to compensate for their binges. So they regularly and uncontrollably consume large amounts of foods in short periods of time. Other, like, unlike some other eating disorders, binge eating disorder isn't really associated with purging, Um, so most individuals don't vomit or excessively exercise with binge eating disorder. Um, But next is pica. This is actually, this was actually really interesting to learn about um, and read about, but it's an eating disorder that involves eating things that aren't considered food, so... Individuals with pica tend to crave and eat, like, non-food substances. It can particularly affect children, pregnant women, and individuals with mental disabilities, um, but it can develop during adolescence, too. But, um, yeah, we're almost done, but the next is rumination disorder. It basically is a condition in which a person regurgitates food that they previously chewed, and swallowed, rechews it, and then either re-swallows it or spits it out. It can affect people at all stages of life, and it's not reflux, it's completely voluntary. Um, but lastly, avoidance slash restrictive food intake disorder. It's a new n- name for an old disorder, so this diagnosis used to be reserved for children under seven years old, but it can persist into adolescence and adulthood. Um, So this eating disorder causes people to undereat, either due to a lack of interest in food 
or an intense distaste for how certain foods look, smell, or taste. Like, this is not necessarily picky eating, but picky eating can be a sign slash symptom of this. Um, But I also wanted to share a statistic that put this in perspective for me. Um, 4% of teenagers in the U.S. experience or have experienced eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating disorder. And... 4% seemed like a small percentage, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in numbers and forget that those numbers are actual lives. Um, So 4% is still 13 million teenagers, which is unreal to think about. But yeah, it's just a little fact I wanted to share. Um, I also wanted to share some red flags you may notice in people around you that may possibly demonstrate struggles with eating disorders. Disclaimer, I am in no way telling you that If you or someone else shows these signs, um, you or they have an eating disorder, these are just things that are commonly noticed in individuals with eating disorders. Um, So this is a pretty long list, but it starts with changed food preferences, only wearing loose clothes, dressing in layers, being silent and apathetic while eating, um, maybe withdrawal from social activities, um, social media feeds full of workout slash food content, dieting behaviors like fasting, taking diet pills, cutting out food groups, exercising a lot, um, becoming super sensitive or, um, I guess, defensive to comments about weight, food, exercise, etc. Frequent trips to the bathroom after eating, extreme mood swings, exercising despite like injury or fatigue, refusing to eat certain foods, constantly talking about food, diets, weight loss, um, frequently expressing the need to burn off calories, stealing slash hoarding food, weight fluctuations, complaining about being cold all the time, um, denying they have a problem, or limited range of preferred foods that narrows over time. Oh, long list, but if you believe that you or anyone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, seek help or encourage them to consult a professional. It's never, ever, ever too early to seek help, but one day it may be too late, which is something you don't want to happen. But um, I also wanted to talk about some harmful phrases to say to someone with an eating disorder. Um, And it starts with, if you think you're fat, what do you think I am? And this promotes the idea that individuals with eating disorders are fat phobic when they have body dysmorphia in themselves, they're struggling with that and aren't really focused on your weight or other or someone else's weight um this also can make others feel bad and uncomfortable so try to avoid this um next please eat slash recover for me i think this goes for a lot of other mental health struggles with the please recover for me but this can establish a sense of pressure or stress on those who struggle with eating disorders It can make people feel like they may disappoint you in recovery because the recovery process is already extremely stressful. Um, Also, it's important to remember to encourage others to recover for themselves, not others. So maybe change this phrase to please remember to like recover for yourself. Um, But next, I'm so glad you never got really bad. This is also extremely harmful because people who struggle with eating disorders often feel as though they're not like sick enough to get help. So this is extremely invalidating and can result in comparisons between 
themselves and others with eating disorders, you can never ever see how bad someone is just by looking at them and just because of their physical features. Um, But lastly, I'm glad you're doing better and recovering so fast. So this is a weird one because it sounds like an encouraging compliment at first, but it actually just spreads the idea that eating disorders are reflected through someone's weight. Um, you can't determine whether or not someone is healthy slash healthier by observing like weight gain or weight loss. This can also make others feel as though they were never sick enough because they recovered so fast, which can cause a relapse. Um, all right, uh, well, I hope you learned a bit from that. I 100% did, but um, now that we've gotten through definitions, statistics, and phrases, um, I want to share a story that I've collected that kind of gave me an idea of, I guess, what dealing with an eating disorder feels like and how it kind of starts. Um, So it starts with, my story is not that different from most people with an eating disorder. My struggle with bulimia fits the textbook definition and the similarities between my story and others are uncanny. But to me, it's unique, it's different, and it's extremely personal. And my recent journey into recovery has been the proudest, most difficult accomplishment of my life. I'm currently 25 years old and I have had issues with my weight and my self-esteem since high school. I was your typical awkward preteen. Chubby braces, glasses, acne, and a sweet yet painfully shy personality. I was self-conscious about everything, including my weight. As I entered high school, the concern I had about my body grew stronger. Then, one day, I was home after school watching a talk show. The topic was eating disorders. I watched several young girls discuss their struggles with anorexia and or bulimia. I listened intently as one girl described exactly how she made herself sick. A light went off in my head. I made my way to the washroom in a daze. I looked at myself in the mirror, still not entirely sure what I was doing. Then I pulled my hair back into a ponytail, knelt over the toilet, and made myself sick. I wish with all my heart that I could tell every young girl or boy who is contemplating that very action for the first time, or the action of skipping a meal, not to succumb. That it may seem like a great way to control your weight, but instead it wreaks havoc on your body. That you may think you'll only do it once in a while, but like any addiction, it will become your life. I wish I could tell them to say no to that first, not-so-powerful urge, to get out while while they still can. My on-again, off-again relationship with bulimia throughout high school and university was not something I considered serious at the time. It was my coping mechanism, something I could fall back on when I was feeling fat, stressed, or upset. I would go for weeks without making myself sick. The pattern was incredibly sporadic. I was in complete control of my bulimia. When I was 22, bulimia gained control over me. I had just graduated from university. Society was expecting me to go out and get a job. Along with a job, I was supposed to get an income, a place to live, and to support myself completely independently for the first time in my life. I was terrified. At this very time, I was busy feeling rejected and worthless. A serious boyfriend had dumped me for the second time in my life. It was not a great phase for me. I I sank into a very depressive-like state. I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, and I spent my time either crying or listing reasons why I shouldn't exist. As a result, I began to lose weight. I didn't even realize at first that I was getting smaller. My friends and family did. Everyone kept telling me how great I looked, but I couldn't see it. 
It wasn't until I worked, it wasn't until I was at work one weekend that I finally realized something was going on. My weekend job involved respite care for four elderly ladies. I was in the kitchen baking cookies for them when one walked in and asked if I had lost weight, a question I had grown accustomed to hearing, but never from a person with dementia. Once I realized how much weight I had lost, I also realized I could never gain it back. When I had when I had been heavier, I had been deemed unlovable. I had so many overwhelming feelings at this time in my life and no idea what to do with them. Binging and purging was a temporary release for me, although I realize now that each bulimic episode was only intensifying my feelings. I continued spiraling downwards, constantly finding new methods of self-torture. I often scared myself with the intensity of my abusive actions. I consider myself a very loving, caring person and would never inflict harm on anyone, but I was certainly capable of inflicting harm on myself. I, reflected, I reflect back to this time as a very painful, lonely period in my life. I had no ability to look toward the future. All I knew was that this behavior was my life. This began to change during one very remarkable weekend. Two important things happened that weekend. One was that my mother stumbled across, across my secret. The second was that I met someone. That someone turned out to be my rock. He has been so supportive and affirmative throughout my entire journey. After several heart-wrenching talks with my parents, sister, and past boyfriend, he's now my fiance, I began a roller coaster of a journey. I explored several therapists and support groups before finding a good fit. I worked with an amazing dietitian who helped me to rediscover the importance of food. I had intense sessions with a counselor who assisted me in confronting my issues. I went up, I went down. I had days when I felt on top of the world. I felt in control, healthy, and happy. I also had days where I hit rock bottom. I would scream at myself in the mirror to not succumb to the urge and end up in a puddle of tears on the bathroom floor. I continued on this path, but each time I caught myself, I caught a glimpse of recovery, I would grow slightly stronger. And ever so gradually, the time period between relapses would increase. Last fall, I had an opportunity to make a big life change. I left the hectic rush of a big city to move to the small town where my fiance lived. I accepted a job that allowed me to work four days a week. I began to make time for myself. I learned the importance of self-care and began to let go of self-abuse. And since we were finally together, my fiancé and I did something we'd always talked about. After a generous Christmas present from my father, we went to the local shelter and adopted a cat. I, I will never underestimate the value of pet therapy. Today, I am entering my fourth month of recovery. To some, that may not sound like a big deal. To me, it is my greatest accomplishment. It's the longest stretch I've ever had. And though I still have far to go, this is the first time I've ever felt hope. Hope that my life will continue this way. I've learned so much from my battle with bulimia. I've learned about my own personal strength, which is more phenomenal than I w ever would have realized. I've also learned the importance of a healthy lifestyle. These days, I eat nutritional, well-balanced meals and incorporate healthy exercise into my day. And I enjoy this. I enjoy taking care of myself and living my life. I've also realized that the people in my life are more supportive and understanding than I ever could have known. My family, close friends, and fiancé were by my side through each phase of the journey, never once casting judgment or anger my way. The most important thing I have learned is to appreciate myself as a person, not as how I look. My mother's catchphrase, beauty comes from the inside, does not fall on deaf ears anymore. 
I no longer measure my self-worth with a scale or tape measure. I feel beautiful because of who I am, how I treat others, and most importantly, how I treat myself. Beauty is not a pimple-free face or a tiny waist or shiny hair or any other airbrushed quality we witness daily in the media. It's who you are on the inside, and though I'm proud of discovering who I am through my struggle, my greatest hope is that others will never have to work through an eating disorder to discover who they are. Whew, big snaps to that. Um, wow, that story had the perfect balance of vulnerability and I and hope, and I loved it, and I hope it helped you with anything you've been dealing with that sounds similar to that. Oh, that was perfect, but... Um, Yeah, I wanted to add on to what this individual said about feeling beautiful because of who you are, how you treat others, and how you treat yourself. I know I say this super often, but treating yourself with unconditional kindness and love is so, so, so important in overcoming mental health struggles. It's easier said than done, but if you really want to heal, I think that should be your first priority, Um, learning to be kind to yourself. Because we we're gonna have to live with ourselves for the rest of our lives so we might as well love ourselves um so yeah I wanted to share some affirmations that might help you navigate through everything and forgive yourself for anything um so I know it's hard to feel like you're not sick enough for a diagnosis and that sounds odd but a lot of people feel security and closure in their diagnosis just knowing what you have can clear someone's mind but it's okay if you're diagnosed and it's okay if you aren't it's okay if you don't have fear foods and it's okay if you do it's okay if you eat more than others and it's okay if you don't it's okay if you're on medication and it's okay if you aren't it's okay if you haven't been hospitalized and it's okay if you have it's okay if you need help when eating and it's okay if you don't it's okay if you get excited for food and it's okay if you don't it's okay if you struggle when others don't and it's okay if you don't struggle when others do It's okay if you've relapsed, and it's okay if you don't, slash, never have. It's okay if you don't have the same symptoms as others with an eating disorder, and it's okay if you do. If you think, act, or look different compared to someone else with an eating disorder in recovery, it's okay. You aren't bad, you aren't failing, your progress isn't erased, you aren't wrong, you aren't faking it, you aren't weak or any less ill, You are completely valid, your eating disorder is valid, your recovery is valid, and your body is valid. There is absolutely no right way to recover. Um, So focus on your journey. Everyone has different paths of recovery, and that's completely okay. Everyone has different levels of hunger at different times. Healthy friends don't judge how much you eat or don't eat. You deserve to recover, and you deserve health, happiness, and peace, and you deserve to have people around you who support that too. Um, I want you all to remember that you're not defined by your appearance, your imperfections. They make you human and they make you genuine. Um, Confidence is a state of mind, not a body size or a number. And bodies change as you grow older and over time they're not supposed to look or be the same forever. It's completely okay if your body has changed and it's okay if it hasn't. I also wanted to let you know that since summer is coming up, there's no such thing as a swimsuit body. (laughs) If you have a body and you're wearing a swimsuit, boom, you're just a body in a swimsuit. So don't get too caught up in what your body looks like in a swimsuit or any other piece of clothing. Um, Also remember to not comment on someone's weight, especially this summer. Usually 
all the time, but since summer's coming up, um, whether it's weight loss or weight gain, you are exceptional regardless of the number on your scale or how much you or how much weight you've gained or lost over time, you are worth so much more than that. Treat yourself and others with kindness and love because we really never know what's going on in someone else's life and how they view life through their eyes. Um, You deserve love, you deserve kindness, and you deserve to recover and be healthy. I'm so beyond proud of you. I believe in you always, and you are loved, cherished, and I'm really glad you're alive. Um, thank you for listening and learning for me. My voice is almost gone, but I really did enjoy writing and recording this episode. I learned a lot more than, um, I knew before, so thank you. I appreciate you being here more than you could ever imagine, um, so stay tuned for next week's episode, and I'll see you then.